Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bridging climate communication gaps in Africa. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. As I mentioned last week, we are starting a series discussing air pollution in Africa. Our first guest introducing this topic today is Dr. George Mwaneki, the head of air quality at the World Resources Institute, Africa. Dr. Mwaneki, welcome to the show. You are actually our first guest this year. So thank you so, so much for finding time to join us. Okay, that's quite exciting. I, I hope it will be a very successful year for the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. We're yeah. hoping so too. So um, we are talking about air pollution in Africa. And I wanted us to just start with an introduction, um, understanding what exactly do we mean when we talk about air pollution? Excellent. And, and this is a very, very important topic uh, for the continent. And let's just look uh, what is air in the real sense. Um, if you think of uh, an average human being, uh, you probably drink two liters of water uh, per day if you are really uh, healthy conscious. Uh, if you eat, it's hard to eat more than a kilo of food per day. But every day you breathe in around 150 uh, liters of air. And if you look at the other things, water and food, they go through the, the stomach and the stomach has its own mechanisms of cleaning uh, this stuff, uh, water and, and food. It has a lot of hydrochloric acid. And then if you eat contaminated food, you get sick probably two hours later. And then you go and see a, a doctor or you try to get a remedy to deal with that. But now looking at the other most essential thing, which is air, when you breathe it in, it goes straight to your lungs and then straight to your bloodstream. So there is no protection mechanism uh, within the breathing uh, system, respiratory system. So then when you're breathing in dirty air, you actually end up with dirty blood. If we might translate it that directly uh, because the pollution goes right to your bloodstream mm -hmm. and this also is, is a kind of an indicator that uh, through the evolution whether you believe in evolution or in creation uh, then God did not create us to live in uh, air polluted areas but he had a suspicion that we might have some contaminated water and food that's why there is no protection mechanism in the lungs to clean up that air. So when you talk about air pollution is when there are chemicals uh, or particles in the air that are not naturally supposed to be there, then that is the pollution we are talking about. Mm. Uh, the biggest problem with uh, air pollution is not visible. Uh, you are not able, oh, of course you see a dust storm, but again, God also did expect us to live uh, in areas that we might have a few pollens and, and, and dust. So when you're in a dust storm, the system does trap very big particles of sand or smoke and then you are able to cough that out uh, but when they are very very small the, the system is not uh, is not built to deal with them so they go straight to your lungs so during dust storms of these very heavy polluted areas you are able to eliminate those within the system mm. but now what you breathe in every day uh, very small small particles uh, which you call the pm 2.5 those particles which are emitted by various sources uh, including vehicles, uh, industries, uh, cooking, and some of them are formed in the atmosphere through uh, an atmospheric processing process. Those ones go into the lungs, and some of them do are made up of very 
very carcinogenic or, or chemicals that do cause cancer. Okay. So once they go into the lungs, into the bloodstream, then they're able to kind of manifest themselves in terms of uh, respiratory ailments. Some of them do cause uh, some level of cancer uh, and several other uh, diseases that are emerging today as uh, major areas of concern. Mm. Uh, and especially for mothers who are pregnant, uh, it has been shown that uh, air pollution does affect even how the fetus develop within the womb of the mother. So it's, it's, a very, it's an issue of major concern. Uh, but if you look at uh, Africa, we are not actually taking a lot of uh, action uh, to deal with it. Why is it that Africa is not really taking it seriously? I, I, I think the, the answer to that is uh, multifaceted. One of them is because it's not on our face. Uh, it's kind of easy to address challenges that are on your face. When we talk about environmental pollution in Africa, we talk about solid waste because yeah. when you walk, you see it and it distincts. So you yeah. want to take action uh, towards it. If you see streams are, are dirty, then you want to take action towards that. But when you look at the air, it does look very transparent and clean. So there is no that it doesn't create a sense of urgency that there is a problem here that needs to be addressed. Mm. However, uh, we do have enough data uh, from our, our researchers and scientists that indicate our air is deteriorating. The quality of the air we breathe in is deteriorating. And one of the best ways to, look, to understand deteriorating air, for example, if you're driving into a city, I, I usually drive myself to Nairobi CBD once in a while. If you are on Langata Road and you look at the city, mm -hmm. it looks smoky. Uh, it just looks like there is a lot of mist. Uh, that is what we talk about air pollution. Mm -hmm. But once you reach the city, then you are not able to see the mist because of uh, the visibility kind of improves. Uh, but uh, historically, the air pollution in Nairobi, if you look at the uh, visibility data that has been collected at the JKIA, for since independence, there is a very clear indication uh, that visibility has dropped by around uh, 30%, which means our air has really deteriorated mm. and we need to address this. Now, some of the major pollutants of importance uh, in Nairobi is actually particulate matter, which are very, very tiny particles mm -hmm. uh, that when you breathe them in, they go straight into your lungs and they can get into your bloodstream. And those do act, uh, you see people with asthma, when they have that inhaler, when they press on it, sometimes it releases those aerosols that carry the, the medicine into their breathing uh, system. Uh, so the same thing, they are so th th those kind of particles in the atmosphere, but this time they are not transporting medicine <laughs> into yeah. your lungs. They are yeah. transporting some, some very dangerous chemicals into your lungs and to your bloodstream. Yeah. And that does end up uh, causing some very serious uh, ailment. It, it's very interesting that there have been uh, links between air pollution and cancer. Uh, and that may be uh, explain uh, the level of uh, increase in cancers in this city. Other diseases like uh, osteoporosis, they are also connected with uh, uh, air pollution. There was even studies that was done a long time ago that linked criminality <laughs> or criminal incidences mm -hmm. with air pollution. And this is mainly when we were using fuel that had lead uh, in it and it was associated with the deteriorating uh, mental development for young children. So it is a very big issue. Uh, but again, we are not taking action because it's not straight on our face. Uh, the other major uh, concern why maybe action is not being taken is we don't have enough data. If you look at uh, most of our cities, mm -hmm. we don't have continuous air pollution monitoring.
that we don't have a, a good picture of what is the level of our pollution. But now we, we are kind of moving towards that direction of improving uh, monitoring a couple of equipment. Uh, currently, uh, where I work at uh, WRI, we are going to implement a project in Nairobi that uh, will increase uh, our understanding or kind of monitoring so that we'll have much more data on uh, the level of air pollution in the city. And this will inform decision making and policy making towards it. I, I also have to say uh, that, for example, Nairobi city government is, uh, is already uh, in the process of establishing air pollution regulation. Mm -hmm. Right now is in the public participation uh, phase. And... Uh, uh, we'll hear what the citizens have to say and how they are input into it. I, I would encourage if you are listening and you are able to participate in this, please let your voice be heard. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to take you a little bit back um, because you've actually mentioned some of the diseases or some of the complications that are associated with air pollution. But I just would want to, you know, um, expound a little bit further in terms of the health challenges that are actually associated with air pollution. And does it mean in terms of exposure, is it long term or is it short term or is does it depend on your age or some of the factors like in, when it comes to like these health challenges that God gets to a point where now they become such a health burden? Uh, air pollution does affect different ages differently. Mm -hmm. uh, in, when you are studying these health issues, we always say babies are not small humans. <laughs> so you, you think that exposure to them to literal amounts might be okay. Uh, it has been shown in several studies that uh, kids, uh, when they're exposed to air pollution, it does affect how they develop in, in terms of uh, IQ development. And also is linked to several other diseases uh, for the young ones. Uh, when you move to the teenage age, when people are very active, uh, air pollution does have an, an effect, but sometimes the effect of air pollution are delayed and you kind of experience the, the full-blown uh, impact much later uh, in life. But air pollution, uh, there was a study that was done in the US and they just showed by just increasing uh, 10 micrograms per meter cubed of particulate matter. I, I know those are very technical terms, but that is a very, very small number of particles in the air. It increases the risk of cardiovascular uh, diseases and lung cancer by up to six, seven percent. So if we say that by just having a certain chemical in foods increases your risk of cardiovascular disease and, 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 and lung cancer, I'm very sure the government would move in very fast to remove that particular chemical mm -hmm. in the food stuff. Mm -hmm. But for air, because then the impact is also quite delayed. Uh, you might experience uh, some exposed to air pollution for a while, but before the disease uh, manifests themselves, you might actually think the trigger is different from air pollution. Mm. Uh, that is why uh, air pollution issues, they require a lot of scientific uh, understanding and scientific research to kind of later in life identify what was the real cause of this disease or the premature death. In Nairobi, it is averaged that per year, around 22,000 people die from the impacts of air pollution, mm. uh, which is a significant number. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and moving largely into other Af African cities apart from Nairobi, where are we in terms of air pollution? Uh, I, I think most uh, cities in the, in the African continent, very few have actually taken any action to addressing uh, air pollution. Mm -hmm. uh, most cities, a couple of cities do have uh, air pollution regulations uh, in terms of um, allowed uh, ambient concentrations. 
but some most of these are not enforced i would actually say it's only in south africa where there is some good work going on on air pollution and again uh, their cities tend to have a lot of influence from the coal-fired power plants but if you if you move inland in africa very few work uh, is going on on the air pollution uh, field. I, I think one of the leaders is actually Accra Ghana. Uh, there is a lot of uh, good work going on there in terms of monitoring, in terms of policy, uh, and, and also informing action to reduce emissions. Uh, but most of the other cities, very little is going on. There are several countries also in Africa that do not even have a regulation on air pollution. Uh, and those that do have, uh, they're not being uh, implemented or enforced. Mm -hmm. So the, the air, air pollution uh, side of things in Africa is, is at the infancy. Uh, in fact, uh, there is a report by the Clean Air Fund that was looking at the amount of money that is being invested in air pollution issues uh, in the world. And I think the number was around $150 million uh, for air pollution. Uh, and Africa only attracts 2% of that. So mm. that kind of shows you the, uh, how much we are not taking this issue seriously, while it's a major uh, health uh, issue of uh, health concern. Mm. Africa, if you compare us with the, our peers, the global south, mm -hmm. uh, the South Americas and uh, the Asia, yeah. Africa, we still enjoy relatively uh, very clean air. In the cities, it's not as polluted as some of uh, the other cities uh, in, the, in the global south. But we are headed in a direction that uh, will increase our emissions. In fact, the trajectory we are on in Africa, uh, we might actually end up with worse air uh, than uh, other cities. For example, I, I think New Delhi had the worst air. Uh, pollution episodes uh, two or three weeks ago. So we, we are on a trajectory to be to face the same uh, challenges if we don't take actions now. Uh, if you look at, for example, most of our cities are poorly planned, so which means vehicle or people movement is uh, much more complicated. And so in the future, as the economies grow, number of vehicles increase, then we expect to see a little bit more uh, traffic jams, which are also drivers of air pollution. If you look at uh, energy access for our people in the in the urban areas, uh, energy for cooking and lighting their houses, is still quite expensive, and most of our people cannot be able to afford, you know, which limits their access. So you come to most urban areas in Africa, there's still a lot of biomass-based fuels used for cooking and lighting in houses, which means. There are also major sources of pollution. Mm. Uh, so if we do not address some of these major challenges, mainly in the energy sector uh, and also in transport, our industries are still in the infancy. They have not really reached a point where they become major uh, issues of concern. Uh, so energy transport is quite, quite important. We need to address those issues now. And we need to put plans to make sure that as we industrialized, we are moving towards a low uh, emissions industrialization, which I think most governments have committed in the NDCs. But we need now to move from commitment to actually putting actions on, on the ground. Mm. And I think on a more realistic basis in terms of, yes, governments have actually put in place um, these plans. But then again, realistically, George, we've actually seen in our own African countries, like including Kenya as a good example, we've seen very good policies laid down but then again put on shelves and never implemented. Um, truth is, Africa is growing. 
when you look at the agenda 2063 of the Africa Union in terms of like looks into industrializing Africa and there's a great deal of energy that is actually required and as much as we have committed African countries have actually committed into actually going renewable Kenya is a very good example and actually much of um, I think it's actually over 80 percent of its um, of energy is actually renewable but then when you look at Central African countries, when you look into West Africa, we're not moving at the same pace as we could say um, majority of uh, countries in Eastern and Southern Africa are actually moving. Our industries is, are growing, but then again, there's a lot of emissions um, that are coming from our wastewater that is left on the sun when breakdown of those chemicals also, also leads into air pollution. We have a lot of solid municipal waste that is being generated because then again, our cities and our towns are actually growing. What do we need to do realistically to look into this plans that cities towns have and making sure that as much as we develop um we need to actually make sure that probably our air pollution can be very low what do we require to do realistically mm, very very broad uh, deep question I, I i think for for africa the issues of average air pollution in terms of the continent mm -hmm. uh we have actually recorded some uh, some improvement, <laughs> yeah. because the biggest driver of air pollution in Africa was actually uh, bushfires, uh, when most people are clearing their lands to, to do agriculture or to do farming, they used to burn up. So uh, in the last two years, we have seen a significant decrease in the uh, slash and burn, especially in the West and Central Africa region. Uh, but that is driven by reduction on bushfires. Uh, which if you go deeper you'll actually realize that most people now are moving from the the rural areas where they were doing a lot of these slash and burn and they're moving to urban urban centers mm -hmm. so so air pollution uh, in africa is also uh, drawing a very interesting map of uh, rural urban migration what that means is when these populations now move from rural areas to to urban centers now the threat of air pollution in the urban centers is increased because they'll go there, they'll demand uh, increased uh, services from the transport sector, from the energy sector, and also they'll be looking for fuels to cook and light and all that. So we need to take action now to make sure that we do not end up in a situation uh, where our urban centers have very poor uh, air pollution that is actually a threat in the economies. Now what are some of the actions that we can actually take today mm -hmm. Uh, to limit that. One of them is actually coming up just with the simple uh, ambient air quality standards for our urban centers, mm -hmm. uh, for our, our countries. Most countries in Africa do not have ambient air quality standards, just the standards that, and they have to be realistic. If you look at the standards being uh, recommended by WHO, some of them are very stringent and uh, to achieve them requires a little bit more effort. But also WHO recognizes this and it gives kind of interim standards uh, that will enable us to move in the right direction. So if we started, if we came up with those standards and started looking at strategies of improving them. We also understand that our people do require uh, development and sometimes development can lead to air pollution. But at the moment, the kind of technological advancement that is out there uh, we can actually develop as a continent 
uh, and avoiding most of these uh, environmental externalities that we saw in the West and also we are seeing in Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, there is enough technologies, the prices for these technologies are dropping. So uh, kind of encouraging the adoption and the use of these technologies will be a very good step towards that direction. Mm -hmm. um, in, in developing some incentives and in those kind of um, both economic and also regulatory incentives to encourage the importation or the use of some of these uh, technologies. That will be very important. That is the action on the government side. I, 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 I am not ignorant of the issues we face in this continent. Yeah. So also I, I appreciate the bigger role that communities and civil societies do play sure. uh, in making sure that uh, we are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. One of them, the, the civil society can actually sensitize communities on air pollution issues and the actions they can take at local level to, 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 to minimize uh, these pollution. And one of the common uh, practices in Africa is actually managing uh, solid waste through burning. Uh, and open burning of waste is a major driver of uh, air pollution. Mm -hmm. Especially when you walk in these urban centers, you see uh, plastics being burnt in open fires, tires, all these are very uh, major emission sources, especially uh, plastics do emit some very toxic uh, chemicals, the, the, the furans, which are actually very carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. So actually, civil society and community-based organizations sensitizing people at the local level that stop burning waste. When you burn it and you breathe in, that air is going directly to your bloodstream and is actually delivering some chemicals that are dangerous to your health. So stop burning that. But I also understand the reason why the communities are burning uh, this waste is because the, the, the solid waste management systems within most of these urban centers are not effective. I, I think they, the collection rate in Africa is between 15 and 30 percent, which means 70 percent of the waste is left lying around. So then still government has a major part to play, but also communities can actually come together uh, and, 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 and take part in this. If you look at uh, Africa, uh, some of the greatest successes that we have achieved have been driven by communities. When communities rise up and take action to address some of the challenges they experience, mm -hmm. uh, you find out that in Africa you get much more movement in the right direction rather than uh, sitting and waiting for sometimes for government to take action. Yeah. Government will take action, but it might come too late. Uh, so at community level, we can also take action, making sure that we are managing our waste uh, much better. You're making sure sometimes even if it's a poor household and you don't have enough money to buy cleaner fuels for your cooking and lighting, when you're cooking, you can actually do that outdoors. Or when you're doing it indoors, you can just open the windows and let some of that pollution out. So there are simple actions we can take today, uh, where we are as communities, and then there are actions that we do uh, look forward to government uh, kind of improving that status. Mm. But all of us are part of this and we should play our roles too. Absolutely. Thank you so much, George. Um, I want to end there. I, I noticed we actually didn't go deeper into the sources of air pollution. I don't know whether you want to go through that right now in, in Africa, the different sources. I, I can, yeah, I can just mention them uh, broadly. Uh, I think transport is a major one for the urban centers. Mm -hmm. For the rural areas, agriculture is actually the most dominant source of air pollution in Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, the slash and burn, uh, and also uh, animals, uh, the manure handling uh, is also a driver of uh, air pollution. Uh, indoor cooking 
are using uh, open fires, biomass-based fuels with very inefficient cookstove is also another major driver uh, of air pollution. So those three are major industries, can be a major driver, but you also realize that in Africa, most of these industries are very, very controlled. Yeah. Uh, if you move to West Africa, a country like Nigeria, uh, there is the fuel uh, uh, generators to, for powering uh, houses in the urban centers. Those are also major, major sources. Waste burning, another major source. So those broadly are the some of the major sources of air pollution mm. uh, in our cities. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. What's your final word? Uh, most final word is uh, please watch out for your breathing. If you can take action at uh, where you are, please do. And if you can't, please join us when you're pushing for policy change. Make sure you participate at the local level to sensitize other community members of the impact of air pollution and also agitating for change uh, from your leadership. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Dr. Moneki, the head of air quality at the World Resources Institute, Africa. Remember, if you're implementing a project reducing air pollution, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please write to us using info at africaclimateconversations.com or in case you have a question or would like to contribute to the series, also feel free to write to us. You can also listen to other podcast series by Africa Climate Conversations podcast available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and every other podcast channel you access your other podcasts from. We also have tons of material available on www.africaclimateconversations.com. So please feel free to visit the website. I will see you next week on Tuesday, but until next week, Kwaheri, my name is... Sophie Bongo.